Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. My name is Earl, and I'm a recovering car dealer, and this show is called Earl Stewart on Cars. Earl on Cars. Yeah, let's be more personable about it. I'm sitting here in a studio at 95.9, 106.9 FM, and I'm on the True Oldie Station. And you're wondering why is a car dealer or a recovering car dealer talking to me instead of singing to me? Well, one reason is I can't sing very well. And the other reason this show is a consumer advocacy show. It's a show, live radio talk, that's right, you're the most important part of the show, by the way, your phone calls, live radio talk, and it's all about how not to get ripped off by your car dealer. I, I just put it in the vernacular, uh, simply offend some people, uh, mainly car dealers and employees of car dealerships, and I go on to explain that I'm not addressing all of you, unfortunately most of you. Uh, we're we're going to tell you today how you can buy a car, lease a car, maintain or repair your car, without being taken advantage of. Does that sound a little nicer? Yes. Uh, how to go in and get a, a fair price, a good price. Uh, how to have repairs done that are needed and not needed. Uh, maintenance that is re- needed not, need, not or not uh, required. You don't want to pay for something you don't need. You know what I'm talking about. Think about the last time you went to buy a car. Maybe you blocked it out. Kind of like your last root canal, you block that out. You don't like to think about unpleasant things. But you talk to most people at a party, uh, you're sitting around talking to friends or at the water cooler or whatever, and you start talking about buying a car, there's always some exciting stories, aren't there? Yes. Uh, why should it be so exciting when you're investing 40000 20000 60000 You know, you spend more on a car than just about anything else. Your home is your number one expenditure, but when you buy a car, that's a lot of money. And you borrow a lot of money, and you pay interest on that money. Uh, So it's a very important act in most people's lives. So why should it be exciting, and why should it be negative? So we're going to help you today, and we help you every Saturday uh, from 8 to 10, and we talk about things that you can make notes of. We give you sources on the Internet that you can refer to. One of the things we do, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to interrupt myself here because I said earlier this is a live radio talk show. You can call me, 877-960-9960, 877-960-9960. If you don't want to call me right now, which I wouldn't be surprised, if you're driving, you're not going to want to write a number down. But if you have a place you can write something down, Write this down, 877-960-9960. So when you do have a question or a comment, criticism, constructive or otherwise, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'm not alone, by the way. I've got some very intelligent, informed, experienced people in the studio with me. To my right is Rick Kearney, who is a certified diagnostic master technician. Uh, we call him an auto computer scientist. He's been in the business for over 20 years. And there's not much about a car that he doesn't know about me- mechanically or electronically, I should say. Today we talk about electronics more than we do mechanics because electronics are what make up most of the car. Rick has said, and I believe he's right, that it took more computer power 
today there's more computer power in a car than there was to put a man on the moon. Back oh, in, way more. What was it, 1990, 99, 98, 91? When did we put the man on the moon? Anyway. 1969. 99? <laughs> the first time? 1969. So you're riding on a four wheels running a computer around, and that's the reason you need people like Rick Kearney. So if you have mechanical, technical questions, questions about servicing, maintaining, or repairing your car, you call 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. And you ask to speak to Rick or me or anybody else. And to Rick's right is Nancy Stewart. She's my co-host. She's somewhat of a, a female advocate. She's, she's an advocate for women. She will tell you later on the show and remind you regularly that the first female caller, first female caller, if you haven't called before, if you haven't called the show before, and we're amassing a pretty good following, by the way. So if you haven't called the show before and you call the show this morning, Nancy will see that you get 50 bucks. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Cash. We will not. No questions asked. No requirements. You don't have to give us a credit statement. You don't have to perform any sort of services. There's no strings attached. We just want to pay you $50 because you called Earl Stewart on cars and spoke to us. And that encourages other females to call. And I remind you, females buy 50% of all the merchandise in this country. And cars are the most expensive, next to homes. And uh, we don't have enough female callers. Yes, yes absolutely. We'd like to encourage the female callers. And uh, I'm here to uh, give you some information about, uh, well, number one, there's strength in numbers when shopping and negotiating for a car. And that goes double for women. So please, ladies, give me a call at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. Ladies, the first two new lady callers, as my husband said, you can win yourself fifty dollars. The first two new lady callers. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Thank you, Nancy. And then, of course, uh, across the table, sitting across the table, is my son Stu Stewart. Good morning. Good morning, he says, and it's a cyber guy that we've got here. Stu is got a Mac computer in front of him. His fingers are flying as we speak. He's tweeting, uh, he's Snapchatting, he's Instagramming, he's Facebooking, and all the other things that uh, the millennials do, and some old guys like me. I do a little bit of that myself. It's interesting, uh, Stu might want to talk about it one day, maybe even today, about all the uh, excitement about Facebook and all Facebook knows about you and everybody else seems to know about you and the privacy issue. You'd be surprised how car dealers can target you in their advertising. They know how much money they make. They know your ethnic background. They know where you live. They know what kind of car you drive. They even know your politics. They even know, well, there's not much they don't know about you. So the new form of advertising on Facebook if you're upset about what happened in the presidential election, you might be thinking about what's going on with advertising. It is really amazing. Uh, if you, you can be in a car dealership in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and there's another car dealer in Tulsa, Oklahoma that would like to sell you a car, and you could be in his, in his competitor's <coughs> customer service lounge, Excuse and he me. can send you an advertisement. So, right. with that said, I think Na- Nancy's waving at me. I think we might have a Yeah, caller. I've got to go to the restroom. Uh, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, again, you are an important part of the show, so give us a call. 
If you just tuned in, you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars, 877-960-9960. Be part of the show, because you do make the show. We're going to go to Angela, who's a first-time caller, and she's calling from Wellington. Welcome, Angela. What can we do for you? Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Oh, I just wanted to say um, I am a first-time listener. I've never heard this show before, um, and I am I'm grateful I, as a female to uh, to have someone like Earl who's willing to uh, be a consumer advocate and, and educate us on issues that you know we're not aware of. And um, I did want to let you know also that I did buy a car from your dealership. Uh, 1995, my very favorite car, as a matter of fact. It was a, um, a Pontiac Grand Prix, and wow. it was kind of a, a cherry red, which was beautiful. And it was the first car that I had that had the radio controls on the steering wheel, and I really liked that. Wow. <laughs> that's great. That's well, well, that's great, Angela. That uh, Unfortunately, Pontiac is no longer with us. That was, that was the first dealership uh, I ever worked at, it happened to be my father's, and he started in 1937 on the South Dixie Highway. Uh, you probably didn't live in Wellington, then. that's a long drive from Wellington. You probably lived in the West Palm Beach I, area? I did. Well, thank you very much for calling. And uh, if you have any uh, interesting experiences, you'll, one of the things that Nancy really gets angry about is women being treated disrespectfully. Uh, you know, the type of thing with the old boy kind of an attitude many car salespeople seem to have. And you walk in and you want to buy a car if you're a female, and they'll say something really smart like, uh, you should bring your husband with you to help you pick it out, or you want to go home and discuss this with your husband because I know you probably can't make a decision. Have you ever experienced any kind of a chauvinistic attack like that? I have. Yeah, a lot of uh, women. I was, I was shown that the, the car featured a mirror on the visor, mm-hmm. and I thought, really? <laughs> a makeup mirror, that's what you're going to be your selling point? Uh, yeah, they, they they figure horsepower and uh, miles per gallon are too complicated for a woman to understand. But you can understand how to put your lipstick on. So here's the mirror. Yeah. It's amazing how insulting. I think it is. I think it's getting better. I mean, uh, back back in the day, it was rampant. I think today, and we do a lot of mystery shopping reports. We seem to see more respect. Have you? Have you experienced more respect in the past, say, five years or ten years, Angela, than you did back uh, when you bought your Grand Prix? Um, well, considering I've, I've shopped with my husband most of the time. I see. Uh, although the last time uh, I bought a car, uh, the gentleman, I, I gave him a price point, and he was showing me things that were about 5000 over my price point, and I didn't quite understand that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, but <clears throat> well, I, I, I guess so. Maybe a little less chauvinistic. Yeah. I, they didn't mention anything about me, you know, with my husband or anything like that. Yeah. I'm the one that actually brought it up. Well, most car dealers today, I think, have come to realize it's just bad business, and uh, it's only a few of them that are really as bad as they were a long time ago. Nancy? Uh, uh, yeah, Angela, uh, I'm glad that you had a great experience uh, whenever you purchased your Grand Prix. Uh, I'm sure that you know that this is still a very, very much male-dominated industry, and uh, women like yourself 
uh, who have the you know ability to negotiate you know are not going to be taken advantage of and it sounds like as if that uh, you you know went out and before you went out you uh, did do your homework so I commend you for that uh, not everyone has uh, in the uh, automotive industry has gotten the memo this is the uh, 21st century and things definitely are getting better for women so uh, I thank you for calling Earl Stewart on cars and I want to let you know that you've won yourself uh, $50 as a first-time caller and if you stay on the line we can get your information and I'll get that check out to you all right well thank you very much call again please Angelo we'd love to have female callers and you've got a lot to talk about we'd love to hear from you maybe next week or the week after yeah Angela spread the word and uh, tell all your lady friends and uh, I hope to hear from you again well, thank you. I hope so. Thank you. Give us a call at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, we have uh, another $50 waiting for a lady caller. So that's pretty exciting. You do make the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go to Bill, who's holding in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bill. Doing, how, how you doing, Oral? Doing great, Bill. How you been? I'm talking about a 1977 Bonneville. You got any ideas where I get one from? Hey, it's Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, hey, Bill, you, uh, you folks listening, Bill is not only a, a customer, but he's also famous. He did he did a commercial for us. He, he, he loves us so much that he did a TV commercial, and it's one of the best TV commercials we ever ran, and I want to thank you very much for that, Bill. Yeah, it's great, Bill. You did a great job. And worked well, at Pontiac. And worked at Pontiac. Well, well, no, I, I bought about 20 cars from you. I bought one last month. How about that? That's right. <laughs> I can't believe it's taking you this long to call us, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, Earl, uh, yeah. uh Back to 1977, when he stole me from the county commissioner's office. Uh, that was uh, quite an interesting time. The county office of consumer <laughs> affairs, uh, Alice Skaggs, is, uh, was our the first uh, county office of consumer affairs commissioner, and Alice did a great job of disrupting and going after all the evil car dealers. Unfortunately, back in that day, I was an evil car dealer, and uh, Bill and Bill uh, worked for Alice and. Uh, but he kept me in line. He, uh, uh, we, we, we had a good rapport. It's funny going back uh, over the old days, but back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and even 90s, uh, it was a wild, wild west in Palm Beach County. We're taming it a little bit, I think, Bill. We're, you know, with uh, this show and our mystery shopping reports and, uh, and uh, people like you who, you know, you've been trying to tame wild dealers uh, your whole career, and you did a great job working for the County Office of Consumer Affairs. So... Thank you very much for calling in. Now, you don't, you don't get $50, Bill, because I know you're not female. <laughs> hey, Stu, yeah. I remember when uh, Earl first met me, uh, Earl said, uh, okay, Bill, I'll take care of the problem. He said, by the way, how do you meet down uh, at the county commissioner? And he said, I told him, he said, I tell you what, I double that offer, come up for me. That's right. I said, Earl, I can't do it. He said, how about, and I'll come a free car, too. I think deal. <laughs> right. And goodbye. Hey, Bill, Bill, now you're giving out all my evil secrets. Unfortunately, the statute of limitations is up, so I cannot be. I don't think it's a crime to hire the representative <laughs> from the Consumer Affairs. I'm not, I'm not sure. I know there are a lot of lawyers listening. So, hey, Bill, let's, uh, 
I don't want to cut you short, but uh, uh, you know, you, you don't want to get me put away. Okay. <laughs> he was just looking for hey, a place. So, uh, you guys take care. Uh, I'll see you guys this week sometime, okay? Take care, guys. All right, come right, by, Bill. Thanks for the call, Bill. Thanks for all your hard work over there, consumer re. That's absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was really. Uh, well, uh, you I, can still be thankful for yeah, that. That's, thankful. That was pretty tough work back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Riding up all the that's right. cowboys. In my next book, I'm going to include a chapter on me and Bill because that was. Uh, it'll be titled Me and Bill. Me and Bill, actually. I think we have another caller. We do. John is calling from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Morning, I just want to mention it should upset. Volkswagen prospective buyers or Volkswagen owners. A big article and a photo, 8 by 7 in New York Post, dated March the 30th. The title of it is called Lemon Grove. Hmm. It's an area photo of Volkswagens. I would estimate it looks to me like they couldn't fit it all in a photo, but it must be 100,000 cars. So far, Volkswagen since February 28th, has purchased back 350000 Wow. That's cheating on vehicle emission control system. I mean, you can't believe this photo. It's as far they couldn't fit them all in on it. And uh, so far, the cost of Volkswagen on buying these vehicles is $7.4 billion. Holy a million, billion. Oh. And they Man. paid $4.3 billion to the federal government, and oh. it's not finished yet. With the, so we got $12 billion right away at a cost of Volkswagen, and these are the diesel vehicles sold since 2009. Wow. Now, it was a goodwill gesture. Instead of these cars just rotting in this field, what you know, photo shows, wouldn't it be a good part on Volkswagen to take these cars and probably, what the heck would it cost for Volkswagen, to install a regular gasoline engine and sell them to the people that desperately need cars and the used car market, and, you know, as a goodwill gesture to get these cars back on the road instead of just sitting there and riding away. I like that idea because what was on my mind as you described this, what are they going to do with these cars? Uh, I have a horrible feeling that they're going to end up on the market somewhere, uh, but where and, and what you suggested would be a really brilliant idea and also be a very humane, uh, nice thing for VW to do that would help regain their image that they've kind of crushed here with what they've done. But donating those to people in need, I think, is a huge, uh, uh, great idea. Well, hopefully something gets done because just to have them look in this photo just to rot away in California, yeah. and nothing gets done about them. Yeah. It's it's a sad state, and um, it just shows you corporate America how a penalty if you total the two together of twelve billion so far, mm-hmm. and it doesn't even seem to uh, dent them or in their stock. And um, it's corporate America is the only one that could afford, and that's a bad mistake that they made. And the CEO, as a result of that, yeah. has resigned. But well, that yeah. doesn't solve the problem. Yeah, Volkswagen uh, is a huge. They're, they're the largest, or either one or two. They're one, of the, either number one or number two. Toyota was the largest manufacturer, and I think Volkswagen is now the largest manufacturer. So they're they're so well financed that they're able to take a hit of billions of dollars, which is huge. I mean, if you can lose a few billion dollars and shake it off, uh, they got another problem going. Of course, it's these uh, tariffs. If uh, 
if uh, they impose a 25% tariff on Volkswagen, that's going to hurt them immensely too. So they're, I'm surprised that the Volkswagen stock is holding up as well as it is. I don't follow that stock, but I'm surprised that it hasn't taken a hit. They must be very strong financially not to uh, feel that. Well, it's just food for thought I yeah. put forward for people that are contemplating buying a, a new Volkswagen. Yeah, absolutely. It's not I, very good will for the company. Absolutely. They're not honest people. I mean, not only, there wasn't a mistake, they did it on purpose. It was premeditated. They they plotted to uh, avoid detection of the fact that these did not com- comply with the emission controls, so it would fool the testing machine. And then they had people confess there's one person in jail in America right now, Volkswagen engineer, and uh, I believe there's some uh, Volkswagen people in, in Germany that may, may be going to jail. So it, it isn't a matter of we're sorry we made a mistake. It's a matter of we lied, we cheated, and we didn't get away with it. Let's just hope that no other auto manufacturer would ever even think of doing a situation that happened like this. John, I think they already have. I think I think there's investigations into Audi, and I believe there's a couple of other uh, investigations going on. Audi, Porsche, Porsche there's a couple yeah. others that, are, yeah. that they're looking at. Of course, I believe most of these are all under Volkswagen's uh, parent company anyways. Could be. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I think there's an American company that's being investigated. I don't think they've proven anything yet, but uh, if it's as easy as uh, it was described to fool the EPA testing machinery, then uh, I'm, su- I'm surprised that more people didn't do that. I have a feeling that the other shoe will drop. We'll find out other manufacturers were guilty too. John, thanks for the call. That's very, very interesting and valuable information for our listeners. Okay, have a good morning. I'm looking forward to the shopping report. Fantastic. Hi, Thank you, John. Thanks, John. Uh, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars right here at 96.9 FM and 106.9 FM right here at the True Oldies Channel. This is an important phone number I'm going to give you. I would love to hear from you. We all would. You make the show. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Tina. And Tina's one of our regular callers from Bonita Springs. Welcome to the show. How are you, Tina? Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Hi, Tina. Tina. Hi, how are you guys doing this morning? We're great. Hey, so what's going on today? What do you have for us? Well, um, you know, I was, was kind of thinking back to John's conversation. You know what I think that these companies should do, and I'm thinking they probably will do? Those cars they should that are sitting there and just wasting away, which is really a shame and terrible for the environment, by the way. Um, these auto companies probably are thinking about parting those cars out because they would make so much more money if they parted those cars out. And for people that don't know what parting a car out, car out means, say, for instance, if you have a car that was ruined or wrecked, you sell the parts individually. Mm-hmm. That way you can gain back the money that you lost from your car that was wrecked or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's just my two cents. Well, Tana, you are an amazingly knowledgeable person. Most people don't understand that. And uh, it's interesting. You take a car sitting on a showroom floor, a brand-new car, and let's say the uh, asking price is $40,000. If you took those parts and you went to the parts department and you priced it out part by part, that car would sell for something like a quarter of a million dollars. 
So <laughs> this mm-hmm. is uh, uh, one of the greatest, it w- which doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? I mean, <laughs> that gives you an idea yeah. of how much the manufacturers mark up the parts when they sell them individually. Uh, the true cost of the parts could pr- you know, probably be determined by just taking the cost of the car and then taking it apart and, and assigning a value to each part. This is a reason, remember they, they used to call them junkyards. I don't know what they call them today, but they're massive, massive enterprises that are computerized and that will go and pick up cars and take them apart and put the parts in a bin and put it on the computer and sell them, and they make billions and billions of dollars. So that's a good, very good suggestion. If Volkswagen did that, they probably are doing that, taking the, the cars apart and selling them uh, and making more money than the, than they did when they sold it to the dealer. Well, if they had any brains, that's what they would do. They wouldn't let the cars sit there and rot unless they were looking for a tremendous tax write-off. That would be the other. That would be the other thing. But yeah, you know, if they're not right. parting those cars out and selling the parts, and they're not using their heads. Well, maybe they're listening. Uh, maybe uh, Volkswagen. If your Volkswagen dealers out there listening, if you want to get some brownie points with a manufacturer, you can say, "I have a great idea." They can take t- your idea, Tina, and pretend it's theirs. Say, "Have you thought about this?" And call Volkswagen. But I love the idea, Tina. That's that's ingenious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't agree with what they've done, but, no. you know, they're in, in the money-making business, so if you want to make a profit, here, here you go. There you go. You know, you can send me a few dollars if you want to as a yeah. reward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, don't be cheap. Send, send money, no flowers. Send Tina $50. We, gave, we paid Tina, Tina $50 the first time she called, so don't be cheap. Send her 50 yes. bucks for an idea that'll make you $50 billion, right? Well, I, I think they ought to exactly. do it like uh, uh, per car, like a dollar per car, right? There we go. <laughs> Oh, that's, that sounds good to me. Um, there was another issue that I was kind of thinking of. Um, there are particular car brands that just, I don't want to say they pride themselves on having unreliable vehicles, but their vehicles are known as being unreliable. Unreliable. <coughs> Chrysler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cheap. And I figured out why these companies do this. This is just my opinion, probably not the real thing, but just my opinion. I think they do it because they want to get you into a lease program. You know, get have the car for a short period of time before it starts going bad, turn it in, and get another one of their vehicles. Like and another reason why I think they do it is, is cost-cutting, and the third reason I think they do it is, uh, well, cost-cutting, and then I'm trying to think of the third reason. They came up with a third reason. Well, they, they want you to buy. In other words, if you do buy their vehicle, mm-hmm. they want you to keep buying. Like, if you've had the car for two or three years, trade it in and get a new one. They want people to consume more of their vehicles. Those are just my opinions. I want to know what you think. Well, Tina, I, I tell you what. I'm, if I was a manufacturer, I'd be hiring you as a consultant. Uh, I've, often, <laughs> I've, I've wondered for a long time, and I never thought about that. And you heard uh, Stewie was, while you were talking, he said, Jeep. I mean, talking about Jeeps. Jeep is what's keeping Chrysler Fiat alive. Fiat's, you know, that's a piece of junk. Uh, they don't sell any Fiat's. Yeah, they're so cute, though. Chrysler's, nobody it's sells any Chrysler's. They sell a few Dodge trucks. But what keeps the Chrysler Fiat? Did you know that Chrysler Fiat outsold Ford last last month in the United States? Chrysler Fiat. Whoa. Now, that is such a misnomer. Chrysler Fiat did not sell anybody. Jeep outsold mm. Ford. Chrysler Fiat dealers. Wow. Chrysler Fiat dealers exists because of their Jeep sales. The Jeep sales are not only voluminous, I mean, they sell tons and tons of Jeeps, but they they are 
The Jeep is considered one of the sexiest, hottest cars on the market. It's also one of the cheapest cars to manufacture. Think about it. The Jeep was designed mm-hmm. in World War II. Now, yes, there have been some modifications on some of the fancy-looking Jeeps, but the essential design of a Jeep hasn't changed in, you know, what is that, 80 years? Or what yeah. how long has it been since World War II? So here's, uh, yeah. here, here's what they're doing. They've got a car... It's the best of all worlds. They've got a car that's cheap, cheap to make. So when they sell it, they sell it for a lot of money. They have a huge profit margin on Jeeps. Then the Jeeps don't last very long, as you described. They break, mm-hmm. and they got to buy another Jeep. So it's, a, it's almost like a drug. It's not good for you, but yeah. you have to have another one. Rick? Well, there, there's a, actually another side to that as well. So many people who buy Jeeps... You get into this whole thing of immediately modifying the Jeeps, raising them up, putting big tires, changing all sorts of things. And immediately Jeep Chrysler uses that as, oh, well, you've modified it. So guess what? That's no longer any part that you've changed is no longer under warranty. Right. And it saves them a bundle there as well. Yeah. Good point. I mean, as these cars break, Jeep just says, sorry, we're not fixing it under warranty. If you want it fixed, pay us more money. Yeah, and they consistently break, and they consistently break, and the consumer consistently purchases another Jeep. It's a culture. And this isn't just our opinion. This is a consumer reports fact of life. If you look at the reliability and cost of maintenance and insurance and everything else, uh, Jeep consistently ranks at the bottom. Uh, You're a genius, Tina. That is absolutely, uh, that's, that's what's going on. I see. Uh, I see in the future here, uh, Tina, a, uh, maybe a position as a CEO. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I, I ran a hair salon for quite a few years, and I'm not sure I really want to be a CEO of anything. I kind of enjoy taking care of my clients and going home at the end of the night and not worrying about the money. That's sort of a nice thing. But thing. How nice is that? Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I, I know what else I was going to say. Those less reliable vehicles like Chrysler, Fiat, and Jeep. Those are good-looking cars. Yes. I mean, you have to oh, admit, yeah. they're awful pretty on the yeah. outside. Yeah. So I think that's another selling point that people say, well, you know, I don't care if this or that falls apart. It's awful pretty. But you know what? You don't want to have a car that's like a good-looking boyfriend with no brains. You know? <laughs> I like right. that. Sorry. I like that. There you go. <laughs> you know, another interesting thing is this is really counterintuitive. A Jeep has high insurance costs. It has high maintenance costs. It is not safe. Uh, the reliability is low, but guess what? Jeep has a high resale value. Yep. Absolutely. Now, everybody mm-hmm. wants them. Yeah, yeah everybody. Yeah, so, uh, until they finally just stop, people will buy one. You put a Jeep on a used yeah. car lot, and you have to fight the customers off of their bidding to pay to buy the car. So yep. it's it says a little bit about what sells cars. Yeah. It's emotion and not logic, not common sense. Yeah. And, uh, and like Rick's, like Rick, excuse me, like Rick pointed out about the modification on these Jeeps. All these all these drivers are headed to uh, the Grand Canyon, right? Oh yeah, they go <laughs> everywhere with them. Well, it, yeah. and okay. as you were saying, with that that whole idea of buying with your heart, look at how many Dodge Challengers have sold. Hmm. I mean, just because older drivers, like guys my age, Stu's age, we see the Challenger, and that's the that was the muscle car of the seventies that everybody well, had to have that muscle that's car. A, that's more of a male macho uh, speed thing, you know. That's it a power, it is. a power thing. Yeah, but uh, but you see the shape of that car, and you yeah. just love it. Yeah. Yeah. 
You don't care what's inside. Oh, it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty. I love. I, I would love to have me a purple one, but I don't want to pay that much for gas. And quite frankly, because those cars are made for guys anyway, for the most part, I'm very short. I'm just barely five feet tall. I don't think I'd be tall enough to drive that car. So Oof. that kind of saves me from being in one. But I don't want to dodge. Sorry, Dodge lovers. I, I'm, I'm not into the Mopar thing. I like my Toyota. I'm happy. Yeah, I always apologize when I slam Jeep because I got friends that drive Jeeps. I have <clears throat> when I go home today, I'll see dozens of Jeeps on the road, and uh, you know, I maybe I do too. yeah, may, maybe I'm a spoiled sport, or maybe I'm maybe I'm being disingenuous, but the facts are the facts. The the Jeep is a piece of junk, but it's a sexy piece of junk. Yeah, yeah. And, logic uh, is logic. I was gonna say they're awful. I was gonna say Earl, they're awful pretty. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I like them. I, you know something? I, every time I see a Jeep, a Jeep, I look at it, and I have to say, I got to say, that'd be fun to drive that. I mean, I'd like to drive it, but my logic and and and, and my mind says, you know, I wouldn't want to do it. I mean, I'm amazed that they pass the safety test and are allowed to drive them on the road. Why? Why does a car without doors, why is that legal to drive? It seems to me... Would you want your your son or daughter or, or your mother driving a jeep with no doors? What happens if you if you're in an accident, a side impact? Yeah. How does that yeah. get by the the safety test? I got a kid who's about to be driving. There is no way he's driving in a jeep. Yeah. Anyway, they apparently passed the test. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that roll bar well, the, 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 cage around them. The know, logic of the uh, the logic of the of that purchase. Uh, the logic just goes right out. Yeah. The door. If you get T-bone, the roll bar's not going to do you any good. No, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. But if you've ever seen some of the YouTube videos of people driving Jeeps off-road, and they're literally climbing up the side of a cliff Mm -hmm. that I couldn't climb up in my hands and feet, I couldn't get up. And they're driving a Jeep right up the side of it. It's amazing. Well, Tana, I hope... uh, I hope I don't get sued by Jeep or Mazda Fiat, but I mean, I don't think you or I have said anything that can't be documented, so the truth is a perfect defense. That's true. Right? True, so true, consumer, true. Consumer, consumer Reports confirms it. Consumer Reports confirms it, and so does carcomplaints.com. So, hey, you know, that's our backup. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. That's a good backup. Tina, thanks for calling. We uh, enjoyed talking to you every Saturday morning, and uh, you sharing a lot of information with us, so... Thank you, and we hope to hear Thanks. from you again. Oh, you sure will. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great one. Thanks, Thank Tina. you. Have a great Saturday. Uh, this is Earl Stewart on Cars right here at the True Oldies Channel. And uh, give us you can give us a call and be part of the show. We would love to hear from you at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, we've been having so many phone calls, we haven't given out our text number. But in spite of that, we've got a couple of texts already. I will give the text number out, 772-497-6530. Many of you choose not to be on live radio for a lot of good reasons. Uh, shy, shyness is one of them. But if you want to text us, we'll keep you anonymous and uh, we'll answer your question. Or we'll read your remark. Texting us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. Here's the first text we received this morning. Can you explain the history behind the move from being a Pontiac dealer to a Toyota dealer? How come you didn't stay a GM dealer? Mm-hmm. This is Lewis in Palm Beach Gardens. 
They call me Lucky Earl, Lewis, and uh, <laughs> I've been lucky all my life. I'd rather be lucky than smart, and uh, my whole life, I don't know what it was. Born under the right star, I'm a Sagittarius, I don't know. But nevertheless, I am very lucky. And uh, I, uh, was, uh, I was playing poker. I don't want to get into a long thing here, but I was playing poker one time back in the uh, 70s, early 70s, and somebody said, would I be interested in buying a car dealership? That's when I was a Pontiac dealer. And so I said, well, I'll buy anything of the prices, right? I called a guy named Dick Raffo in New York, and he was being sued by General Motors for cheating on warranty, and he had to bail out, and he had to raise some cash. So he had a Toyota dealership. Back at that time, nobody had ever heard of it. Nobody knew what Toyota was. It was a piece of junk, actually. So I bought the Toyota dealership for next to nothing, and that's how I became a Toyota dealer. And then, you know, history will tell you this, then Pontiac was dropped as a dealership, and uh, by General Motors, and it no longer exists. So, out of blind luck, I ended up with the best franchise in the country and got rid of the worst franchise in the country. Yay! <laughs> so, you can call me lucky, okay? Yay! Now, my next text here, let's see here. We have, uh, hello, just bought a new Tacoma from Earl Stewart because of a conversation I had with Rick, Rick Kearney. How about that, Rick, on the radio show? What is the required maintenance to keep the warning on the truck, Rick? Uh, the base, there, there's a book in the glove compartment of every Toyota that tells you what the factory recommended maintenance is. Mm-hmm. And the first five services are covered by Toyota anyways. And then after that, it's, well, actually right from the beginning, every 5,000 miles, rotate the tires. And every other service, every 10,000 miles, you're going to do an oil change. And at about every 30,000 miles, you'll be changing an air filter and a cabin filter. And until about 120,000 miles, that's it. That's when you'll do spark plugs. And at 150,000, you'll do engine cooling. In other words, it's all in the owner's manual. Follow the owner's manual. Don't do anything that's not in the owner's manual. Speaking of oil changes, Nancy was uh, mentioned to something. She read in the Consumer Report. Uh, The newest issue, what would be the... June or May? Uh, anyway, what was that thing about oil changes that you mentioned? That is the May edition. May edition, yeah. Uh, the question was, uh, I put only 6,000 miles a year on my car. I think Rick can help me out with this. Uh, can I skip an oil change or two? And a Consumer Report answers the question, a typical driver racks up about 12,000 to 15,000 miles annually and will usually need two oil changes a year. But even if you're driving only half that distance, it doesn't mean you can skip oil changes. Uh, Rick, uh, what do you have to say about that? And why is it so important, even though they don't drive that amount of miles, that they should have attention? Especially here in South Florida, it's recommended change your oil every six months or 10,000 miles on synthetic or 5,000 on regular oil. And the reason for that is the humidity and the condensation that we get here in Florida. Uh, When you came out to your car this morning, I'm sure you saw that nice thick layer of water all over the car. condensation. And that moisture is in the engine as well. And it takes a little bit for it to burn off. That moisture can be damaging to the engine parts, but the oil will clean it away and get rid of it and clean away any dirt that's in the engine. That's why, even if you don't put a lot of miles on it, 
that moisture and dirt is still accumulating in there and it needs to be cleaned out. The only way to clean it out is an oil change. Well, and I'm that glad to oil hear. becomes less effective exactly. as it lays Sitting there just right soaking the up that water, it breaks down over time. That's why that six months is in there. Yeah. But oil changes are a whole lot cheaper than a new engine. Absolutely. Good point. Well, it's good to have consumer reports endorse that because it's one of the most common problems uh, in areas where we have low-mileage drivers. And the older we get, and I put myself in that basket, the less I drive. I don't like to drive to Miami anymore. I won't drive to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Orlando uh, unless lunch. I have to. Yeah, Lunch. Yeah, lunch. <laughs> I, I go to Publix, and I go to work, and I go to the drugstore. But uh, so I don't put uh, 15,000, 20,000 miles. And we have a lot of people that are retired. They'll put two, 3,000 miles a year in their car. They yeah. cannot understand why they have to change their oil. On, and they'll wait till, say, you know, maybe I get uh, you know, 10,000, 15,000 miles before I change my oil. And a consumer report backs that up. There are a lot of good reasons. Change it time wise. And you have the manufacturer's recommendation. Go by that. Whether it's 10,000 miles or 5,000 miles, whatever your manufacturer, if you're using synthetic oil, it's 10,000 miles. If you're using fossil oil, it's 5,000 miles. But be sure you look at the mileage and the time. Don't let six months go by if you have uh, oil in your car. You want to get it changed. You want to get it checked. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you leave that contaminated oil in your car, it can lead, as uh, Rick, uh, you know, said earlier, to having to replace your engine or a shorter engine life. Yep. Uh, so that's uh, that's my take on the uh, changing your oil. And uh, the Consumer Report is something to look at this month again. Uh, the May edition has a whole lot of information that uh, you all would uh, love to uh, to read. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I think that Earl has a text. Yes, we do. We have a text uh, from Ray and Hope Sound. Ray asks, can you shed, shed some light on the term with approved credit? Who determines the criteria for approval? Uh, Ray, that's a uh, confusing term, and I'm glad you brought it up. The person or the institution that should determine what uh, approved credit is, is the lending institution. Unfortunately, it isn't stated that way. If uh, you go to a bank, obviously they have criteria for credit approval, and the interest rate they will charge you, the down payment they will require, collateral they'll require, all those things. But the dealers leave that open. And uh, by leaving it open, they're allow they're allowing themselves the freedom to charge you a higher interest because you believe you have uh, not good credit. Uh, <clears throat> you should go to your bank or your credit uh, lending. I hope your credit union are actually better have you better rates than banks. So if you're not a member of a credit union, you should consider joining one, even for an annual fee. It can uh, save you a lot of money. So your bank or your credit union are two, two best sources. You go to one or both, and they will tell you what your credit approval rating should be. They'll tell you what your interest rate should be. If you go to a car dealer, 
uh, they can use that to manipulate, as I said, the amount of the down payment and the amount of interest they charge you. The higher the interest they charge you, the more money they make. Car dealers make more money financing cars than they do selling the actual car. A car dealer will make typically a thousand, maybe two thousand dollars on the sale of a car, but they can make three or four thousand dollars on financing of the car. That includes selling you things like credit life insurance, uh, uh, gap insurance, maintenance, uh, extended warranties. They have a list, a menu in their business offices, a mile long, with added products, they call them, that they can put on the car and often conceal in the payment that you don't realize you've actually purchased the product. So the, the uh, finance office is the major profit center for car dealers. And if you go in there without shopping and comparing your rate with your bank or your credit union, then you're going to pay too much money to finance your car. But approved credit is a general term, only to be defined by your bank or your credit union really very important <clears throat> to get the uh, financing approval in advance, as you stated, from your own uh, lending institution. Uh, give us a call. Uh, the f- lines are completely open. We're waiting to hear from you. We have $50 to uh, give away to the next female caller. New if she's female a first-time caller. And uh, we have the mystery shopping report from uh, Drive Time uh, and what a mystery shop it is. So uh, with all of that, again, you're an important part of the show. We're going to go over the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we hope we have a whole lot of good this morning. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. If you just tuned in, you are right here at the True Oldies channel, and you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars. Now back to the recovering car dealer. For our relatively new listeners, remembering that we've only been on this station, True Oldies, now for, what, two months, uh, three months? Uh, we uh, do a mystery shopping report is the high point of our show. It's coming up shortly. And we visit some car dealership in South Florida, and we pretend to buy or lease a car, and we tell you exactly what happened. Uh, undercover agent goes in, disguised as a buyer or a leaser, and uh, he talks to the salesperson, usually the sales manager, and he tells you exactly what happened. Was he uh, taken advantage of? Was he lied to? Uh, was a car that he wanted to buy misrepresented? So you want to stay tuned for this shop. We name names and we name car dealerships. It's going to be a, a, a great uh, two hours. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for spending your time with us right here at 95.9 and 106.9 FM, the True Oldies Channel. We're going to go to Bob. Hi, Bob. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. How Hello. are you? Uh, Elliot Kleinberg, he has this column in the newspaper, and they're looking for a car dealership name across the street from the Carefree Theater, but not it's not talking about you. I mean, Earl uh, Stuart Pontiac. Right. Do you remember that? Uh, well, I, that's where Stuart Pontiac was, 1928 South Dixie. We were right across the street from the uh, Carefree Theater, but there was another car dealership that was across US-1 from the Carefree Theater. And Where, what, what's the name? Well, was that it, McCoy? It, it was, 
No. Well, McCoy was across the street, but it was further south. Directly across the street, there was years and years ago, I'm talking back in the 30s, there was a Packard dealership there. Then it changed to a Rolls-Royce dealership, and then it changed to a Mazda dealership. Now, there was my Mazda dealership, but the after the Rolls-Royce... Oh, that your Mazda dealership was on uh, Olive. Uh, well, it was on, no, it was a U.S. one. It was on Olive at before first, that. Yeah. yeah, it was on South Olive uh, at the other end of the block, uh, just a block uh, east. Down Flamingo, yeah. 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 And, and, then, and then we moved the Mazda dealership from there to the uh, U.S. one in about 1970. No, wait a minute. It was about 19, probably 78. We started the Mazda dealership on Olive in 1970. Somebody claims that there was a Chevrolet dealership okay. there across the street okay. from from uh, the Carefree, which was later bought out by Roger Dean Chevrolet. Exactly, but, exactly. That was oh, further, yeah. that was further south too, and uh, that was uh, let me see, uh, Austin Young. That was Austin Young Chevrolet. Austin Young. Austin, Austin uh, Young. Interesting story about that. Seems like I got interesting stories about everything, don't I? But Austin <laughs> Young's son uh, was an adventurer. And uh, this was back during the days of the Castro Revolution in Cuba. And he flew to Cuba to join the Castro uh, rebels, Austin uh, Young Jr. And he was captured by Castro. And he was, uh, no, he was captured by Batista. And he was imprisoned. And then Austin Young Sr. had to uh, shell out a lot of the uh, money that he'd made selling Chevrolets to get Austin Young Jr. out of jail. So, a little aside there. I have a... Need to, I need good to, old days. Yeah, right? good old days. Good old days. <laughs> well, that's a great wow. call. You know, I'm so happy. You know, I'm 77 years old and somebody asked me a question and I can remember something. That shows you that I still got my marbles. So I, <laughs> I was able to remember you're, Austin Young. You're yeah. in your dealership there in Flamingo. Yeah, Stuart Pontiac. At, right at the end, no, at the entrance on Flamingo, there was two guys there, father and son. They were the oil changers. Yeah, there was a. You mean just uh, for like a, a Jiffy Loop kind of thing? Or you're talking about people that work for me and my father? Or? Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, I, I you know you. I mean, they were fantastic. You know, they yeah. guaranteed you 15 minutes. Yeah. I think it was 15 yeah. or 10 minutes, whatever. You yeah. know. I can't remember. In and out. Goodbye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great call. Thank you so much. And I mean, they worked it as a team, father yeah. and son. Yeah, yeah. I know. But I, that's I, the I can see them, but I can't remember their name. Oh, neither do I. <laughs> but anyway, thanks, Ali. You had one of these salesmen. Yeah, exactly. completely bald-headed. Yeah, I was. It could be Bob Boyd. How's that for? I you? don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we had a but lot anyway, of bald-headed salesmen. He, I tell you, the day. I could write. I could tell some stories about those salesmen, but like I say, the statute <laughs> oh, limitations. Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> including you, <laughs> including me. Yeah, I was one of them. I tell you, John Petrullis. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Thank you for the Bye-bye. call. Take care. Okay. Thanks, I think we Bob. Have that was fun. That was an enjoyable walk down memory lane. Memory lane. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. You're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars. Be part of the show. Give us a call. Lines are open. We're going to go to Howard. Good morning, Howard. 
Howard's a regular good caller. Mo- good morning, everybody. What wonderful weather we're having here in uh, South Florida. Oh, sure is. Yes, it is. I, I just sent my son uh, back to New York, and uh, it's raining, snowing, and it's 20 degrees uh, colder oh, man. Uh, than it should be. Ridiculous weather. Isn't it amazing? My goodness. Okay, okay I'm going to try to stump uh, Rick. Rick, are you there? I'm right here. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Rick, remember the Datsun? Datsuns, yeah. Oh, Dogs love okay. trucks. Was I- that old commercial they had? <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. I, I almost bought one. The bolts, the nuts, and everything on the Datsun, were they metric or SAE? Uh-huh. The first Datsun coming out. Hmm. Now think carefully. I'm going to bet on the original Datsuns that they were SAE only it, for Rick, the amazing. reason Isn't that that would have been right about the time when Datsuns were coming out would have been right about the time when the U.S. was doing all of our rebuild work in Japan. And I'm willing to bet they would probably have been right on that bandwagon with getting the, the U.S. rebuild systems. And they probably would have used our sizes for the first couple of years and then switched over to metric. Absolutely. And that was a selling point. One of the selling points. Datsun is SAE. You don't have to worry about metric because Americans uh, really uh, can't understand the metric system. And they never will. And I don't know why that happened, but uh, yeah. what can I tell you? How well, are you spot on on that? I have another question for you, Rick. Right. Sure. Why it, why doesn't car? Uh, well, I don't know about American cars. I don't deal. I don't have any American cars. But why doesn't the uh, foreign cars have the ability to uh, flush a transmission w- with some kind of a, a bolt in there you could take out and flush it instead of going having to flush the whole thing? Uh, I don't think any uh, Japanese car or foreign car has that ability. Am I correct? I uh, I couldn't give you an across the board answer on that. But for the most part, most of the modern cars the last couple of years, transmission fluids now are a lifetime fluid. You, Unless you're doing a lot of towing or really extreme conditions, you never need to change the transmission fluid anyways. But that being said, if you're going to change the fluid on the American cars where you simply drain and refill the pan, you're only changing about four quarts of fluid on a transmission that can hold 12 to 13 quarts. And uh, so, Rick, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. transmission flushes are a ripoff anyway. And that uh, this is something that most car dealers will try to sell you. And as Rick said, first place modern cars, you don't need to replace the transmission fluid. And even when we did need to tr- replace it, you replace it. You don't have you drain it and you fill it up. You don't no. have to go through the flush, which they charge you extra for. That's just a gotcha. Well, the other side of it is a lot of folks come in with a transmission problem and a dealer will try or even an outside shop will try to sell them a flush and instead of helping the problem which it won't fix anything it can actually harm the transmission more Mm. so if if there's already a problem that exists so in most cases if you don't have a problem with your transmission on cars that are three or four or five years old I would not do anything to them. I would follow the manufacturer's recommendations and consider it lifetime fluid and not mess with it. Okay, you say except for towing. Is that correct? Well, if you're if you're in extreme conditions, if you're 
towing a heavy trailer all the time, if you are driving off-road a lot, getting in places where excessive amounts of water or other contaminants may get in there, then you may consider, yeah, changing the fluid or flushing it out. But that's in that's a very rare situation for most people. We're talking about a tenth of 1% of people would be in that situation. Okay, my last question. On top of the roof of a car, there's a little thing that uh, sticks out. I think that's an antenna. Mm-hmm. Now, why is some bigger, some smaller, and some of them have the, uh, a rod coming up? Can you explain that? Well, because they got away from those nice long whip antennas that hang up and get caught up in car washes. They went to that small compact antenna that's actually an electronic computer inside it to help pick up the radio waves better. And most of those antennas now, instead of picking up just AM and FM, they're also picking up your XM Sirius satellite signals. That's great. So okay, thank different you manufacturers very much. Hey, Howard, different Howard before you hang up, can I let me ask you a question. I've always had a theory, and it's good to have an old-timer calling in like me. Uh, I almost bought a Datsun dealership years ago, and back in the day, the imports were extremely popular, but Datsuns were a hot car. I mean, Datsun was, I think, arguably as, uh, as uh, popular as Toyotas and uh, Hondas. And then when they renamed them Nissan, it seemed like, I, I always thought that being the dumbest move, corporate move, somebody decided, I don't want to call my car Datsun, I want to call it Nissan. People didn't know what it was, they never advertised it. But meanwhile, Datsun had, had really built themselves a reputation for quality. And Remember the, the 280Z, the Datsun 280Z? That was I mean, an yeah. awesome that was like little a car. car. Yeah. That was like a Corvette, people yeah. had to have it. Now yeah. nobody wants a Nissan. Do you remember that time when, not, when Datsun was a hot car? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I almost bought one, but uh, yeah. I, uh, I had to think twice, and then I bought a Pontiac. That should go down in the, in, in the business schools of the world as a, yeah. a case study in stupidity. You have a hot car, a popular brand. It'd be like changing Cheerios' name to, you know, Smackies. It goes right along with New Coke and all the rest of yeah, those. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks, yeah. Howard. I knew. I knew. Yeah, just uh, one thing that that Datsun was too small. That's one of the reasons why I didn't yeah. buy one. Yeah. I mean, the, that's true. It was a joke. I mean, you yeah. got hit. You, you someone hits Datsun, it's it's over. So that's yeah. the reason well, why I bought a Pontiac. You, you but get, they they you, were zippy little cars. Yeah, you get into it yeah. and you can't get out. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Thanks very much for taking my call. I appreciate it. Thanks, Howard. Yes, sir. Hey, I miss uh, I miss Cy. Uh, or who who's his uh, the guy uh, that how, Yeah, Cy was yeah. with Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Where the heck is he? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're waiting for your calls. We're right here at Earl Stewart on Cars, and we would love you to be part of the show. Uh, what kind of haggling did you do this uh, past week? Uh, did you get what you wanted from your, your trade-in? Did you keep it separate? Uh, we're here to expose uh, all of the bogus fees and the dealer scams, and uh, we'd love for you to share your story with us. So give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, we've got two texts, and uh, I'll give that text number out again because we love the texts just like we love the calls. Seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. That's seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. First text. 
What about the oil that says you only have to change once a year? Uh, this is a common question. We, we've answered it before, but I can understand why it's asked again. For years and years and years, we had fossil oil. Along comes uh, synthetic oil. Uh, synthetic oil is really fossil oil, but that's a long story. It's just a type of oil that will accommodate closer tolerances, and the manufacturers are building cars to much closer tolerances than ever before. So you need an oil that can that can handle that. And yes, uh, synthetic oil only needs to be changed once a year, based on your mileage, 10,000 miles or once a year. Uh, it's good oil. In fact, even before it became required, a lot of technicians uh, would use the synthetic oil because they saw ahead and they even though it's more expensive about twice as expensive but if you only have to use it half as often and so it's a break even so that's the story the later model cars pretty much all require the synthetic the older model cars fossil is, is fine now i've got a second text uh, very nice text Good morning. Your show is a breath of fresh air for a consumer. I listen to you every Saturday morning and have called before. My question is this. We have a 2011 BMW X5 diesel that we bought new. Why is it today when you get the brakes done, they tell you about that the rotors need to be replaced too? In the old days, you usually just replace the brake pads. This dealer usually charges close to $2,000 to do all the brakes. I thank you, and this is Robert from Stewart, Florida. Uh, Rick, uh, you got to answer that. I've got an answer for that one. You're, normally, when you're doing a brake job on a car, we replace the brake pads and do what's called resurfacing the rotors. We put them on a brake lathe that grinds a thin layer of metal off, so to make sure that the brake rotors are perfectly straight and smooth, and to give a good surface for the new pads to mate up to, so your brakes will perform well and they don't make noise. Gotcha. The drawback is that a lot of performance vehicles, and your BMW X5 is very likely one of them, the rotors have holes drilled in them. Hmm. These are air ventilation holes to help reduce heat that builds up on the brake rotors. The problem is those brake rotors cannot be resurfaced on a standard brake lathe that is available in every automotive shop. Oh. It requires specialized equipment. So the option is you either replace just the brake pads and you might get a little bit of noise or issues like that for, mm -hmm. until they break in, or you have to replace the rotors each time. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are driving your vehicle at highway speeds and you step on the brake in a, in a good firm manner, if your steering wheel stays nice and straight and smooth, then I wouldn't worry about replacing those rotors. I would put on a new set of pads and go on down the road. Rick, let me ask you a question. You said if you don't have the specialized equipment, uh, I would assume BMW dealers would probably have the equipment. If you're going to an independent shop, they would not have the equipment. If you do have the equipment, how much would you save by having the uh, the rotors smoothed instead of replaced? Well, when I say specialized equipment, I mean equipment that probably most BMW dry, uh, dealerships do not even have because really? they simp BMW's rule would be replace the rotors oh. because they are it's it's an odd design with these air holes drilled in them. Yeah, and it, well, let's by go. specialized I it I means difficult I equipment. I understand that, but are you saying that w if you did have the specialized equipment? 
it would not be a good idea to go against BMW's recommendation. Right. Okay, so who cares yeah. about the specialized equipment? Yeah. Okay. That's that's why my recommendation is if you don't have what's called a pulsation when you're driving your car, then I would put on brake pads. Is $2,000 a fair price? Uh, that sounds about right for BMW okay. because, like you were saying, with the cost of automotive parts and their markups, they're expensive. Yeah. They're a lot of money. Yeah, well, my observation here also is here's BMW making a design change that is going to indirectly cost the customers lots of money. So mm -hmm. when they're advertising that fancy new BMW uh, and they drill the holes in the rotors, if they hadn't drilled those holes in the rotors, the maintenance cost would be far less. So these are things car manufacturers don't like to talk about. And uh, unfortunately, the consumer is unaware until the time yeah. comes. And then his last brake job uh, cost him so much less, he wants to know why. So Rick answered it. And uh, thank you very much, Robert and Stuart. Sorry, we don't have better news for you, but... You know, you buy a BMW, you got to pay the piper. No, it's, it's those performance parts. Exactly. Yep. Boy, I'll say that's expensive. By the way, I've got a uh, public service announcement real quick here. Uh, Ford has announced a recall on 350,000 F-150 trucks and Expedition SUVs because of an issue with their transmissions. And this also includes the F-650 and F-750 vehicles. Uh, the problem is that when you shift the car into park, it may not always go firmly into park, mm -hmm. and the vehicle could then roll, creating a very dangerous situation. Even after you've gotten out of the car, it could suddenly begin to roll. Oh, man, I've got an inclined driveway. I put my car in park all the time and get out. I can see that baby and rolling right over me. Exactly. So if you own any sort of a Ford F-150, a Ford truck at all, check your VIN number on safercar.gov and see if your vehicle is covered under this recall and if it is contact ford as soon as possible to get this issue taken care of 350,000 f-150s and that's in north america there's 300,000 in the u.s 50,000 in canada and like 2,000 in mexico but if you own any sort of a ford f-150 truck an expedition suv or an F650 or F750, which those are those really big ones. Yeah. Contact safercar.gov is the website. That's the NHTSA website, the government website. Put in your VIN number or call your local Ford dealer and give them your VIN number and find out if your car is covered under that recall. Yeah, our recommended Ford dealer, by the way, on the Earl Stewart recommended to buy list is Mullinex Ford in uh, North Palm Beach. Our and, buddies uh, at Mullinex. Thanks very much for that, Rick. Uh, it's uh, a very good point, mainly because the number one selling vehicle in the USA the is the F-150. There's a ton of F-150s out there. Thank you very much. Great information. Uh, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you could text us at 772-497-6530. We've had quite a few texts. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's just a little reminder. If you're unable to listen to our live show or you want to listen to any of our past shows, you can always subscribe to Earl Stewart on Cars Podcast on your smartphone or tablet using any of the following podcast apps. Apple, SoundCloud, Google Play, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Pocket Cast, and Overcast. And if you would like to watch highlights from our show, go to YouTube 
EarlOnCars. So that's just a little reminder for all of you. And uh, that telephone number again is 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And we are here on the True Oldies Channel. And you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars right here at 95.9 FM, 106.9 FM. Again, the True Oldies Channel. And we hope that we're helping all of you out by listening. And we thank you for listening. You're sharing a lot of information with us. And we would love to share a lot of information with you. So, Bob is holding. And uh, Bobby is from West Palm Beach. Hi, Bobby. Yeah, good morning, gang. Good morning. Yeah, you were talking about um, Jeeps earlier. Like, uh, what, how, what's your take on the Rubicon? Rubicon Jeep. It's nice yeah, looking. It's, that's <laughs> yeah, that's it's all good looking. I, I think it's a Bob, bigger Jeep, right? Bob, four-door. Bobby. Uh, Box here. Uh, yeah. yeah, the Rubicon, I think, is the, the four-door, one of their four-door sport Big models. One. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get a little Google action I going believe, here. I believe the Jeeps cumulatively have what we described as a quality, maintenance, repair, and insurance po- uh, problem. And I, I, I'm glad we get a caller from somebody that's interested in a, in a Jeep. I can say this about a Jeep. They're fun to drive. They look beautiful. And the really good tangible value of a Jeep is good resale value. And uh, it defies all logic in the fact that... Uh, it uh, doesn't have the Consumer Reports endorsement. Rick's got some in, uh, well, let, information. Well, let me correct one thing. <laughs> uh, the Rubicon is not the four-door version. I'm looking right now on Jeep's website, mm-hmm. and they, they're showing their 2018 Jeep Wrangler JK, the Rubicon yeah, Recon Wrangler. Edition. Mm-hmm. And i got to say, that's one beautiful-looking vehicle. That's vehicle. a beauty. That's, yeah. that's awesome-looking vehicle. Yeah. With an MSRP yeah. starting, starting. At thirty nine thousand, yeah, Whew. that's a lot yeah, of money for that beast. Yeah. Yeah. But Bobby, the only thing I would here's what I recommend that, you do if you're thinking about uh, buying one, maybe <laughs> you have one. I would go to Consumer Reports Auto Issue, and I've got it right here uh, in the studio. I, I, I carry this with me all the time, and uh, the Consumer Reports Auto Issue gives you all the information on all the makes and brands sold in the United States. Maintenance history, repair history, insurance costs, safety uh, consideration. How about the Kelly Blue Book? And the Kelly Blue Book is uh, secondary. Uh, Kelly Blue Book takes advertising. Kelly Blue Book, car dealers pay Kelly Blue Book a lot of money. I pay, I'm a car dealer, and I send a check in to Kelly Blue Book every month. All car dealers, they have a dog in the hunt. Uh, they, are, they, they don't want to come and attack any particular brand or make car. Consumer Reports is, is totally independent. They do accept no advertising. Uh, even when they buy a product to test, they pay full retail for it. From the, They won't take a free uh, toaster from the manufacturer. They go into Kmart and they buy a, Kmart's gone. They go into Target and they buy a toaster. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then, and then use your own judgment. I'm not telling people not to buy Jeeps. I'm telling people to use your own judgment. You know, there's something to be said for the enjoyment. Uh, people buy, uh, drive cars because they enjoy it. And if you get enjoyment out of a Jeep, and I see, I, I hardly ever see anybody in a Jeep that's not smiling. They always seem to be, they got a surfboard, they're happy. They're going somewhere, they're having fun. They're having a good time. And uh, Yeah, you can go anywhere. And when you trade, <laughs> anywhere. When you trade the uh, Jeep in, you get good resale value. The, the, the only thing you got to worry about is the safety. It's kind of like uh, outside of the 
the, the I open doors. Mrs. Lincoln, how did you <laughs> join the play? I mean, the only thing, thing you have to worry about is safety, uh, insurance costs, uh, uh, maintenance and uh, repair costs. These are the things that you go on your yeah, eyes I, open. I wonder about the I wonder about the suspension of these things. The engines. Uh, uh, are not reliable. I mean, yeah, they 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 cost a lot to maintain and repair. So uh, yeah, he's asking about the suspension. Oh, the suspension. Which uh, suspension? Yeah, they're they're. I mean, they've got to be somewhat durable on the suspension. Yeah. I haven't heard too many issues about these. I've got I've got a couple friends that own Jeeps that they've yeah. had for several years, and they they do the thing of. Take them out in the woods and beat them up in the mud and drive through everywhere well, they people, can. Most people don't do yeah. that. They just drive them yeah. on the highway. <laughs> and mm. they're really cool looking. I mean, yeah. I, every time I see a cool Jeep, I look at it and I'm longing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just, I was just, uh, look, you know, about looking at them or looking around at them. You know, it looks a, it's a pretty little sexy little Jeep there, you know, I think. But, you know, going back now, you've been around a long time, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, I bought one of my cars from a uh, place called Jimmy Brian Dotson here in Okeechobee, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. back in 86. Yeah, I yeah. remember that place. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I, had a, I bought a Boston, a Dotson D, uh, B210 from him, uh-huh. and I kept that car for a while, you know, it's a nice little neat little car, you know, but, uh, yeah. you know, uh, and I kept it all the way up in about no, 1990. Now, 1990, I decided to get an oil change, uh-huh. you know, now. On Okeechobee here, uh, it used to be this place called 10 Minute Oil Change, right mm-hmm. across from, from Staples is, what Staples is now, right? Remember uh-huh. that? Uh, there's a bunch of good old boys there. I took that, my car there, I got an oil change. Uh, when I got home, you know, I seen uh, my oil, I'm half a tank, I'm leaked out there, you know. That son of a bitch done left a plug <laughs> off, my, off, off, off my engine there. Oh. I, I took it back, I, I took it back, yeah, I took it back, yeah, all I got was a damn sorry, you yeah. know, and everything. And I, so I got some new oil put in it. So I, later on, I took it down to Lauderdale. I went down to Lauderdale, spent time down there. On the way back that one night, uh, see my car started smoking. Look at uh, white smoke, like a damn prop duster coming down 95, you know? Oh, well. I, yeah. down, I, I, took, I, I took it over to Whitey. He said, he said the damn engine uh, uh, blocks and cracked. Yeah, some of bitch, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's a nice little, neat little car. You know? I, I had to get rid of it. I bought it for nothing, you know? But... Uh, it has a nice little time in that car, you know? Well, yeah. Jimmy, I mean, I appreciate the call very much, Bobby. And you said Jimmy Bryan uh, uh, was a car dealer. Interesting thing about Jimmy Bryan, he really, he drove a Rolls Royce, so he did very well. Yeah. And uh, he pioneered, yeah, sure. you're talking about oil changes, he pioneered the $9.99 oil change. And when I became a Toyota dealer in 1975, I copied Jimmy Bryan because he had an extremely busy service department. But he used to do an oil change for 9 99 you lose money on that but you get them in the door and then you lie to the customer about all the work he needs sell to be done everything else. and you can sell a bunch of stuff so uh thanks for bringing back yeah. those old illegal memories that i have <laughs> hey, uh, yeah that was fun bobby. One, bobby. one funny note as long as we're <laughs> doing the memory really, lane yeah, yeah memory lane bobby <laughs> thanks for thanks for a great call uh, uh, bob, yeah good have a nice day you too bye-bye bobby had mentioned whitey's auto supply whitey's yeah. auto parts yeah i remember that too. and that was the one on military trail I practically grew up in that place fixing my own cars. And there was an old fellow working in there that this guy knew everything about every car. And he would sit and tell me every wrench and every bolt that I had to take loose to work. That was how I got my start working on cars. Priceless. Priceless knowledge. Was that Mr. Whitey? No, just this old fellow working in there. And he just, he knew every car. 
That was great. Great memories. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, pick up that Consumer Report. It is uh, worth its weight in gold. You can uh, find that uh, April edition. Uh, you can uh, that you can go to the library or if you don't subscribe to Consumer Report. So there's all kinds of ways of uh, getting that knowledge from go online. Con Consumer Report. Yeah, another way is just to go online. They've got the best used cars uh, under $20,000 and uh, recalls and safety updates and the best cars uh, under $30,000. So that's the April edition of the Consumer Report. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772 Four nine seven six five three zero, and I see where we have a first-time female caller. Oh wow! And her name is Ann. Good morning, Ann. Good morning. How are you today? Just fine, thank you. I have one question. Okay, before you ask your question, I want to let you know you are a fifty-dollar winner. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And after you ask your question, you can stay on the line and give your information, and I'll get that check out to you. Thank you. You're welcome. So what can we do for you today? Uh, gas treatment fluid. Hmm. How well that takes care of your gas? Rick is smiling right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes right along with the old Whiplash Snidely and his snake oil. <laughs> uh, okay. Snidely Whiplash. For the Snidely Whiplash. There, I, I had it backwards. Uh, basically, that's that's all it is. It's snake oil. All those things that they recommend, it, it's, it's just a way to get your money in their pocket. Uh, normal gasoline that is sold at a reliable service station is exactly what your car needs. Double check your owner's manual or just look inside the gas door for your car to make sure you're using the proper octane level. If you don't see anything in there that says premium fuel required, then stick with the regular 87 octane. And my best recommendation, save your receipts always and try to fuel up at reputable stations, you know, a brand name station, and you'll be just fine. The modern what? fuels have all the cleaners and detergents that your car needs. It'll run perfectly on it. And if there ever should be an issue, say the tank gets water in it or something from the gas station, and you have receipts showing that you bought fuel there, those stations, because of the name that they've got to stand up to, they will take care of you. Well, thank you. I'm a mobile person, and I use premium, so I guess I'll be okay. Absolutely. You, you might recall a few years back, uh, Shell stations had an issue with an excessive amount of sulfur in the fuel that they had brought here for a while, and cars were breaking down right and left. And Shell Corporation, if you could show a receipt showing that you had fueled up with Shell gasoline, they would cover the cost of that entire repair. I mean, they, they stepped up and they took care of everything. So, And Mobile, again, they would do the exact same thing. So just save those receipts and drive happy well thank you so much you gave me my answer uh, my pleasure Anne. thanks for the phone I call i listen Anne. to you all quite often too oh, oh thank you for that thank you spread thank the word you. on the uh, fifty dollars for the first time uh two female callers and uh, i will one i of your, will yeah one of your friends could win fifty dollars and it was a pleasure talking to you stay in touch and uh I We'll uh, you stay on the line, and we'll get that uh, information from you. 
Thank you. Thanks for calling. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We'd love for you to, you know, share your experience with us, whether you bought a used car, you know, whether you bought a, a new car or a lease. We'd love to hear from you. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, the text number is working, 772-497-6530. It sure we, is. We've got two more texts. This one says, this is from Angel. Don't have to identify yourself, by the way, because some people just prefer to remain anonymous. Angel and Green Acres, you mentioned earlier that you were a Mazda dealer. What did you think about the rotary engine in the RX-7 and 8? Why did it go away? Uh, the rotary engine was one of the most amazing engines ever in invented, and uh, it had everything going for it except for durability. Unfortunately, the seals on the, on the rotor uh, were never be able, they were never sealed properly, and the engines would blow up after 50, 100,000 miles. Mm. They did all sorts of things to solve that problem. They never did. Uh, the RX, the, the first uh, rotary engine I sold was an R100. It was a, almost like an economy car, and they were terrible gas mileage. I should say there's two things. They never got the gas mileage going, uh, like 10, 12 miles a gallon and they would blow up and then they came out with a sports car great sports car it outran everything in its class because the piston engines were entirely different design they would just run the wheels off a piston engine car and they had very little cubic inch displacement compared to the uh, uh, piston cars so uh, finally uh, they just couldn't get their act together and the rx8 went away what about seven or eight years ago or less than that they kept trying to sell the car but they never did. I got so curious because I had my Mazda dealership in 1970 to, I think I sold it in like 1985. And uh, I called uh, a couple of years ago to a Mazda dealership. I spoke to a technician. I said, did they ever figure out anything about these RX-7s uh, or RX-8s? They said, no, they still blow up all the time. Yep. And they kept building them. So I don't know. The, it's a shame. I, I just kept praying. If they could ever have perfected that rotary engine, you would have seen it all over the road because they were far superior in so many respects. They just kept on blowing up. Kept blowing up, Look yeah. at <laughs> Now I've got another uh, text right here. This is a follow-up from our BMW caller. That's uh, Robert from Stewart. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, we were wanting to trade our 2011 BMW X5 diesel in. The BMW dealer gave us a price about $5,000 less than book value. They said it's because of the airbag situation and the auction prices went down because they assumed the bag has been replaced. I'm loving this. They have BMW sitting on their lot now they can't sell because they can't get a new airbag. However, we bought so many new BMWs, so I called BMW Corporate and they got my airbag replaced. Oh, unbelievable. Mm. Still, the dealer is afraid to put any more money in it. My wife wants an Earl Stewart Toyota. What is your policy on trade-ins with cars who have airbag issues? Thank you, Robert from Stewart. I need two hours to answer that question. <laughs> and uh, Rick, I'm not going to talk to you because I don't have time to answer the question. Actually, so, so I'm Rick, just going to make one you, note. You can ask uh, Jonathan the question, <laughs> but I'm not going to answer you. The first thing, the first thing I want to say is the dealer is lying to you. 
Uh, they are offering the same trade-in value on these cars with or without the Takata airbags. Uh, these cars are, are being traded in as if there were nothing wrong with them. Now, we see this because we're very much immersed in the wholesale market, and we see the value of cars that go through the auction. And there is no difference between the cars going through the auction with or without the Takata airbags, even with the Takata airbags that don't have replacements. This BMW dealer, and I'd love to know his name, Robert, if you would text us the dealer. Is it Brayman or is it the uh, dealer up in uh, north of here? Was it uh, Stewart? Is there a BMW dealer up there? Oh, yeah, Brayman, West Palm, and Jupiter. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, Stu uh, Robert uh, from Stewart, uh, let me know the name of the dealer. I want to expose this guy because he's not telling you the truth. Uh, you should be able to get come down to another BMW dealer, and he will give you a fair trade and allowance on your car. Uh, now, that's good news and bad news. The bad news is there should not be a good trade and allowance on these cars because they're dangerous. But because the public is not aware of these uh, Takata airbag problem, uh, they are buying the cars unbeknownst, trading them in unbeknownst. Then the dealer takes the car and he sells it to another buyer, and nobody knows they're buying time bombs. And that's the terrible thing about uh, the uh, Takata uh, airbag-equipped cars. Uh, I guess it's good news in the sense that you would really be angry, wouldn't you, if you found out that people would uh, allow you $5,000 less than the book value. He was doing that to do what we call in the, in the business, steal your trade. You can discount a car way, way down. New car, used car, you're selling way down. All you have to do is take the trade in for far less than you discounted the car. So you steal the trade and you can mark down the car a lot. Or you can mark the car up a lot and you can give the uh, the buyer too much money on the trade. So that's what this, all, this is all about. If you'd like to get a fair uh, price on your BMW, I'd be happy to, uh, uh, you can bring it to my dealership or you can call and we will get you a trade and allowance. Robert just texted us. It is Coggin BMW in Fort Pierce. Ooh. Oh. BMW. Uh, uh, okay. Thanks, Robert. Coggin BMW, shame, shame, shame on you. You know, Luther Coggin uh, was a personal friend of mine. I'm not sure he's Luther still. Coggin? Luther Coggin? Luther Coggin. I never knew that. And also oh. his brother George. And I don't know Luther. if Luther, I think Luther sold out. And he doesn't own uh, Coggin anymore. But whoever is operating Coggin in Fort Pierce, Luther Coggin. BMW, shame on you <laughs> for doing that. Because these BMWs with the Takata Airbag problem, just like the Hondas and the Toyotas, are going through the auction and are being traded in for the same amount of money. Yep. It's a sad statement to our regulators, our legislators, for keeping this huge problem secret. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much, Robert, and uh, we'll be happy to help you anyway get a trade-in, fair trade-in allowance on that 2011 BMW X5. I have a text. Uh, the text is, uh, should I pay cash for the, my next purchase? Would I get a better deal? The answer is no. You'll get a worse deal. Counterintuitive, as they say. Most people get a better deal when they buy a product for cash, except for cars, because the car dealers make more money financing the car than they do selling of the car. I said this earlier in the show, but it bears repeating. Average profit on a newer used car to a dealer is around 1000 maybe 1500 
maybe $2,000. Of course, sometimes a slam dunk could be a $14,000 profit, but usually the average profit on cars is around $1,500. The average profit when you finance a car is much greater than that. So car dealers make more money when they finance a car. So if you come in and say, I'm a cash buyer, they laugh. They say, half my profit is gone. More than half yeah. my profit is gone. And they, they say, are you sure? Because we can really get you a good rate. Uh, so if you're going to cash buyer, don't tell them. Yeah. And, and, and think about it. Just, it makes sense. It's much easier to sell warranties and paint yes. protection when you're discussing cost in terms of payment. Like $12 a month sounds exactly. a lot better than 2000 Exactly. Mm. The, Good point. The, the profit in the finance department is more than just the interest rate. As a matter of fact, in most dealerships today, or at least many dealerships today, the products they sell outdo the Absolutely. Interest yeah. profit. So yeah. keep it a secret. Say you want to finance the car, and then after you negotiate the best price and get three bids, three prices from three other dealers, then you can say, surprise, I'm not going to finance it. I'm paying cash and write them a check. Absolutely. <laughs> Great information. I uh, hope we helped, uh, helped you out, Jennifer, and answered your question. Uh, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We would love to hear from you. You make the show. We've got uh, several texts. I've got another text here. You do? I'm so excited. I'm telling you. Because we have never had this many texts. And these are really good texts, too. Earl, Johnny Johnny from Riviera Beach, a car dealership in California. Okay, yeah. You're, it's, it's from Johnny. I'm Earl, and he's Johnny. Okay. Johnny, <laughs> car dealership in California is suing Toyota over certain types of Priuses from 2010 to 2015 that he said are unsafe. The cars were recalled because the converter was overheating, causing the engine to stop running. The cars were recalled, and the software was supposed to fix the problem, but the dealership said it didn't because the cars are returning with the same problem. Uh, they have a million dollars of these used cars on his lot that they refuse to sell because they're unsafe. I didn't know about this. Do you have a problem with Do you have a dealership out in California, California that I don't know about? Do you have a dealership out there? I no, no, I, no, no, no. This sounds like something you saying, would do. No, he's not saying. I, no. Do you have a problem with these Priuses? Toyota said there is no problem. I think I might know about this. I think I might have read about this. It's not a much of news. I think the dealer is a crackpot. But I'm not sure about that. Uh, I'm not protecting Toyota because Toyota and I have our differences. There's a lot of things Toyota does that makes yeah. me angry. But I think this is a dealer who's kind of a wacko. Hogan. It's Roger Hogan. Roger Hogan. Yeah. And uh, But we have no knowledge about uh, Rick knows of no uh, problem like this. Mm-hmm. And you do? Mm-hmm. Can they be fixed? They can indeed be okay, fixed. Okay, that's all we want to know. If they can be fixed, but the dealer, the question has to do with the fact that the dealer is suing Toyota because he says they cannot be fixed. So there is a problem that can be fixed, and the dealer is wrong. He is suing Toyota, in our opinion, uh, unwarrantedly. There is even an extended warranty from Toyota that covers... The, this concern for 15 years from data first use, regardless of mileage. Oh, wow. So, Johnny, uh, thanks for the call. Uh, if you have a Prius, don't worry about it. It can be repaired. And this dealer in California, as I say, is trying to make some money off of Toyota.
and yep. uh, he's not right, and Toyota is correct. Thank you very much for the text. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, give us a give us a. I'm going to give out the text number more okay. than okay. the telephone number because that's all we're getting is text this morning. It's easy. We're not complaining. I yeah, don't, I don't use the phone anymore. Yeah, <laughs> one two text. three. Yeah, there you go. Seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. That is the text number. <clears throat> Keep the texts coming. We're enjoying answering your questions and if you'd like to give us a call 877-960-9960 would be the number the most important number now back to the recovering car dealer we're getting close to the mystery shopping report and and it's a is a introduction to the mystery shopping report it has to do with uh, people with impaired credit and um i talk often about protecting the consumers and that's what this show is all about and I sometimes say but we're preaching to the choir you can listen to our listeners uh, Tina and Bobby and Bill and John and all the callers we have they're informed most of you listeners out there are very informed so we're preaching to the choir you know uh, you have to mention Desiree's uh, name Boy, you talk about being informed yes. and mm-hmm. staying you know on top of things and she got her problem solved so what I'm saying is I want to be sure you understand who we're trying to protect. We're trying to protect the victims that are not listening to the show. And so we need your support as the educated consumer listening to the show to speak to your legislators and the regulators. Pam Bondi, uh, pick up the phone and call Pam Bondi. Email Pam Bondi. Uh, talk to your state senator, your state representative. Uh, and say, why isn't action being taken against these car dealers that are taking advantage of the victims out there? Now, who are the victims? The victim we're going to talk about today in our mystery shopping report, that's what made me think about this, are the credit impaired. People that have bad credit are probably the largest single group of victims. The other victims are the very young, never bought a car before, the elderly, a widow, Never bought a car before either. How about the education impaired? How about somebody just, you know, had to go to work before he could even finish high school? He had to help support his family. Doesn't have the education. Uh, How about the English language impaired? How many immigrants do we have, second, even third generation, but the first generation especially, that can't speak or write English? How would you like to be in France or Germany or uh, any country that didn't, English language wasn't spoken, and the contracts and the signs, nothing was in English. Put yourself in, the, in that person's shoes. We have thousands of people in Florida, especially like that, and the credit impaired. This is who we're talking to, uh, and unfortunately, many of them are not listening. So let's get into the mystery shopping report. The mystery shopping report is of uh, drive time. Drive Time is a used vehicle chain with 134 locations in the United States. CarMax is a large used car, independent used car group. Drive Time is too. Uh, 21 in the state of Florida. The West Palm Beach location on Okeechobee Boulevard opened up about four years ago. This car dealership brands itself as a haggle-free, one-price, modern way to buy a used car. However, in the handful of times Earl Sterling cars has mystery shopped them, They've done a poor job living up to this promise. Our past investigations have revealed a very old school 
customer experience that focus on its in-house financing. Drive time is basically a nice looking buy here, pay here lot. In other words, they finance the cars directly. They lend the money. They are the banker or the lessor. They're the ones that fund the, the, the financing of these cars. And this is for people that can't get conventional financing. This is for people that can, cannot go to a bank, cannot go to a credit union because their credit is too bad. Focus is on getting people with poor credit high interest loans. We also checked out drive time sales practices when it comes to used cars with Takata airbag inflator recalls. They failed each time. Even two weeks in a row last fall. In each case, the salesperson failed to stop the sale or even to properly warn the shopper of the potential danger presented by the recall. This week's investigation focused on the Takata airbag recall again. There may have been an improvement in our listening area around the years, uh, over the years we've been doing this. What's two years, three years since this Takata thing is? About two years now. Yeah. So over the past two years, we have really changed the behavior of many car dealerships. Uh, and remember, there are millions of these vehicles out there unfixed for two reasons. Most people are unaware they even have the vehicle when they bought it because the car dealers are not disclosing this. There's no law saying they have to disclose it. Also, there are a lot of these that can't be fixed. The Takata inflator, part of the component of the airbag that blows up and is causing the problem, aren't available. So you buy a car with a defective airbag and you find out about it and you go into the BMW dealer, you go into the Honda dealer, the Toyota dealer, and they say, I'm sorry, we don't have the part. You're going to have to keep driving the car. Now, in some cases, the manufacturers are loaning cars to people that are aware of this, but millions of people out there driving around in a time bomb and they don't know it. So we'll keep checking out the dealers in this area and reporting to you what we find. That's what we did. Before sending in Agent X, we identified a used 2012 Honda Pilot XL, EXL, with 105,904 miles on it. Now, remember that these Takata airbags degrade over time. They're unstable as they get older. The 2012, that's a six-year-old car. And this one's about to blow. This one's about to go, and it's in Florida, high humidity. Two things, age and humidity and heat. Three things, heat, humidity, and age. <coughs> This car's got it all. The no-haggle price for drive time, drive time in West Palm Beach, was $17,995. It was afflicted with a passenger side Takata airbag inflator recall. This was confirmed on safercar.gov, also on Carfax, and also on the manufacturer Honda's recall website. We found that the individual sources are fairly accurate, but none of them is 100%. So if you want absolute total assurance, or as at least as much assurance as you can get, you should go to safercar.gov, put the VIN number in, get a Carfax report, that'll have to the VIN number, and then call Honda, or call BMW, call the manufacturer of the car. And then you're probably 99.9% .9 sure. There's the report. I called drive time for my car as I, as I was headed down I-95 to begin my investigation. I wanted to make sure the 2012 Honda Pilot was still available. I spoke to someone who said it was on the lot. I didn't get a name. I was approached by a sales manager named Hasib, 
H-A-S-E-E-B, I believe I'm pronouncing that yep. correct, Hasib. As soon as I entered the building, Hasib wanted to know if I had talked with anyone yet. I said I had called, but I didn't know who I spoke to. He asked for my phone number and then began to tap away on his phone. He said, hmm, I don't see you in our system. He told me to wait and he would get someone to help me. I waited for a long time, maybe 20 minutes. I got bored, so I wandered outside to try to find the Honda Pilot. I found it. Walked around a little more, then went back inside. After another five minutes, I was finally greeted by a salesperson. He did not tell me his name or ask for mine. The first thing he said to me was to ask if I had brought my pay stubs with nice. me. Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> How'd you like to walk into a Target? You're a piece of meat. Or Publix. <laughs> and they say, may we see your pay stubs? Uh, <laughs> I was taken aback. I said I was there to buy a 2012 Honda Pilot. I said I'd called earlier, but was told and, and was told it was available. The salesman did not appear to listen to me. Just ignored it. You know. He asked if I had done a credit app online and if I had money for a down payment. Now this is drive time. It's got a nice facility. They got cars out there. You drive in, and, and all they want to know is if you've got your pay stubs, uh, if, if I've done my online credit app, and if I've got enough money for a down payment. Now this this will tell you the status, the type, the mo of these type of. Uh, and, and it doesn't look like that kind of place. Doesn't look like that. If you go, to, if you Google it, they have all the the, the yeah. pictures on there. You can actually do a tour through the showroom and the lot. Yeah, it's really nice looking. Yeah, <laughs> the salesman didn't appear. All right, I said that. Indignantly, I asked him. What was your name again? I got his attention. Finally, he introduced himself as Faisal, correct? F-A-I-S-A-L. So we got Hasib and we got Faisal. I repeated that I had come to see the 2012 Honda Pilot for $17,995. Faisal told me that they begin the process with a credit application. Here we go. But I interrupted to say that I really wanted to look at the vehicle and drive it. That's the reason I'm here. Then he looked like he just remembered something and said, hey, I spoke to you on the phone about that car. I had no response. He again said we needed to run credit. I shut that talk down by telling him I had my own financing with my credit union. Faisal looked perplexed and remarked, they don't get, any, they don't get very many cash deals there. And that's because it's a lot that specializes in the victims of people with bad credit. Now people with bad credit, and the reason I call them victims, is because they have to have a car. There are very few cars that they can buy because most sellers of cars use conventional financing and most conventional financing will not finance somebody with really bad credit. So they they have to go to a place like drive time and, or uh, well, there's a, a number of off-lease, and they have to buy from them. Now, when I say they have to buy a car, some people buy a car because they want a new car, they like the new car smell. Some people buy a car because their old car isn't running properly, they don't like the looks of it. There are a lot of reasons to buy a car. A person with impaired credit only buys a car because he has to. It is a challenge. It is the most difficult task for a person with a, so they are they are at the mercy of the seller of the car. The, the seller of the car can dictate the terms. They can dictate the price. They can dictate the payments. They can even tell you which car you can buy. 
<laughs> and so that's the reason they're victims. They can't negotiate price because they can't buy a car anywhere else. And they can't negotiate interest or terms or down payments. They are victims. They are at their mercy. That's why the drive times of the world exist. Faisal got the keys and we drove the car. It was clean, seemed to drive well. I asked him where they check out and fix the vehicles before the sale. And if they go through an inspection, Faisal said they did and pointed to a small building and identified it as their shop. He said they do an 89-point inspection and the cars all have a 30-day, 2,000-mile powertrain warranty. Now, powertrain warranties are totally worthless. They might as well make it a lifetime powertrain warranty, right? Yeah, why skimp? Why, why, be, <laughs> why be cheap? 30-day, 2,000-mile. I asked him how this one checked out, if there are any problems. He said there are no problems. Now, remember, if you just tuned in, this car does have a problem. It's going to blow up and kill you. It's a, That's a big problem. It's a time, it's a time bomb. It's got a Takata airbag that hasn't been repaired. And he says, we checked it out. There's no problem. Okay. Drive time. West Palm Beach. You regulators, you legislators, you listening. We returned to the lot and parked. I asked to pop the hood so I could check the oil. I inspected the dipstick and saw that the oil was dirty and had not been changed. I showed Faisal, who insured me that they had changed the oil, that it was black. It was black only because the engine was hot from driving it. So Rick will enjoy that. I knew Rick's head was going to explode <laughs> when you read that part. Everybody knows that when you drive a car, like the, he's holding a skull together. Right the now. engine, the engine causes the oil to get black, right. and then it, then it gets clear again yeah. as soon as it cools yeah, off. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Faisal obviously is not a diagnostic master technician. Ooh. We went inside and Faisal showed me to a seat. I asked him if the pilot had been in any accidents. Sounds like you know, I saw a pilot, you know, like Snoopy. And, uh, <laughs> with, the, with the scarf? I have a strange mind. But this does sound funny. Has the pilot been in any accidents? <laughs> uh, and uh, so I asked him if the car had been in any accidents. He said he would need to get his manager to look that up. He left and never came back. That was it for Faisal. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of Faisal. He's asking too many questions. Instead, Hasib came over, that's H-A-S-E-E-B. Who we met before. Who we met before. With an auto check report, he pointed to the auto check score and said 88 was a good score. Now, I've got a, a snapshot here of the uh, auto check score, and uh, I'm not sure. I, explain that to me, Stu. I, yeah. I, I, I put that in there so you could explain it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a rating system that they put on the, on the report. I think they basically look at it relative to other, you know. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's not a very accurate score when the car is going to blow up and kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got an 88 score. So if it has a defective Takata airbag, how it could score 88, which says it's within the range of all these cars, I just don't know. I guess the point was to ignore the auto check score. Maybe. Yeah, we, we need to, we need to pursue. You. We need to pursue <laughs> this. Listeners, ignore it. I asked Hasib if there were any safety issues be more specific, that I should be concerned with. Hasib did not answer my question. Uh, that's an interesting thing. Hasib and, and Faisal, both, when they had a negative response, just didn't say anything. In other words, they asked a question they didn't want to answer, instead of saying, I'm sorry, I won't answer the question. I'm, I'm going to try that at home. Yeah, just don't, just don't, pretend like Change you don't hear. subject. Hurt. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so <laughs> is, instead of answering my question, he said, so you want to buy the car? 
I said that if my credit union thought it was a fair price, I would buy it. I said I wanted to make sure I, would, I wouldn't have any problems down the road and I asked him again about any safety issues. Hasib replied that they make all their cars sellable with no problems or issues. Now, how many times has the uh, mystery shopper been lied to? I, I stopped counting I a lost little count. while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Do you count not answering a lie? Uh, but even the answers were lies. So I pointed out that the oil hasn't been changed. He said, no problem, and that he'd send it to the shop as soon as we make the deal. But I guess he didn't know that Faisal said there was nothing wrong with the oil. So they might change the oil, and I'll come back and say, hey, the oil's clear, and I've been driving the car. It's supposed to turn black when I drive the car. Uh, but I digress. Uh, he left to get the numbers and returned with a printed buyer's order. The no-haggle price was a selling price, $17,995 plus sales tax and $678.10 in fees. I asked what the fees were. He said $299 for the dealer fee and $380.10 for the license plate. There were options for extended warranties and a GPS tracker, but Hasib did not push these. He said they probably don't use a GPS tracker when they finance the car, so they can find you mm -hmm. when they want to put the hook on the car. And, and they charge you for it. And they charge you for it, yeah. Six ninety-five. Uh, it's been mandatory, right? right. <laughs> he said he could hold the car for a day, and I thanked him and left. Drive time once again failed the Dakota test, while Hasib did not po proactively conceal the recall on the auto check report. He glossed over it, ignoring Agent X's questions. He didn't bother to review the details of the report. There was willful ignorance. He may not have known about the recall, but we're pretty sure he didn't want to know either. Mm. Now, uh, here, here's an observation. Now, Nancy and I talked about this on the way in today. <coughs> We've been wondering, uh, where are these cars going? with the defective Takata airbags, because we've had a fair impact, a very good impact on the market in South Florida. The car dealers that we've been shopping know we're going to come in and embarrass them. And we've embarrassed quite a few, uh, for example, a Rego Chrysler Jeep Dodge. I'll just call them a Rego Jeep from now on. Uh, but the Rego uh, was selling cars without disclosure with Takata airbags. I sued Arigo. Everybody knew I sued Arigo. And when we went to court over this. And as time passed, the Channel 5 and the Palm Beach Post and a lot of other media, CBS News, talked about this issue. Suddenly, all the car dealers down here stopped selling cars with Takata airbags. Uh, and I say, all oh, that's not true. Uh, some of them still are. But most of the franchise new car dealers who seem to have the most to lose and possibly a little bit of pressure from the manufacturers uh, have stopped. So where, where are all these cars going? I think they're going to drive time. I think they're going to the independent used car lots, offlease.com, drive time, CarMax, and the millions, maybe it's not millions, but I would say hundreds of thousands of independent used car dealers. The, there, there's, there's, for every new car dealership, there's probably 10 independent used car dealers. Most cars sold in the United States by far are sold as used cars, most of those by independent used car dealers. So these cars with defective Takata airbags, the time bombs are being sold mainly by the independent used car lot. So what I'm saying to you out there, be careful anytime you buy a car anywhere. 
new car dealer or otherwise, be doubly careful when you buy a car from an independent used car dealer. These are the folks that are buying these to cut airbag cars. I say buying, they're buying them at auctions. Car dealers like Arrigo, they're taking all the cars that are traded in with the guy airbags, and they're taking them to the auctions. That's what car dealers do with all the cars that they don't want to retail. So the concession that Arrigo and the other dealers made is we won't retail the car, but we will wholesale it. When they wholesale it, somebody's going to retail the car. Drive time. Offlease.com. CarMax. CarMax will be. And then... Charlie's used cars and Billy's used cars and Tommy's used cars. You drive down Military Trail on West Palm Beach, Okeechobee Boulevard, there's independent used car dealers all over. They are selling cars. Unfortunately, many of these are selling them to the victims. So now we have the, the, the most vulnerable people in our society buying the time bombs. Huge story, right? NBC, CBS, ABC. Why doesn't someone jump on this? Why? Well, I'll answer my own question. There's a lot of stuff in the The news. lobbyists, the National Automobile Dealers Association, the billions of dollars that the car dealers and the manufacturers and the, and the uh, associations spend to lobby Washington and Tallahassee and all the state legislatures and all the Pam Bondies of the world, the attorney generals that are elected by the car dealers and their money. That's why the victims of society the people that have to buy used cars are buying time bombs. Okay. Well, you know, uh, my uh, take on this mystery shopping report at uh, drive time, uh, you know, there are there are consumers that have to go to, you know, a lot like this. But uh, it's not – you really have to be careful, and you can save yourself from being a victim by doing your homework before you – go into a dealership like this and we realize that there are a lot of consumers out there that can't afford a car so they go to the buy here pay here uh Nancy, we, got a, we, got, we got a vote and we only got about one minute left okay driving uh driving an unsafe car and having your life taken is uh in, you know not an option so on this uh, mystery shopping report i uh, give it an f rick double f all the way around i'll give it a triple f bff yeah, big terrible, fat terrible, criminal almost. It's not criminal. That's the bad part about it. I guess lying isn't a crime. You can lie to a customer. Uh, they're a, they're already on the do not recommend list, so we don't have to do yeah. anything. <laughs> if you'd like to see the video, the YouTube video of the Mystery Shopping Report, you can simply go to youtube.com slash Earl on Cars. Yeah, maybe we should have a third category, a uh, death watch. You have the recommended... And I not recommended and danger. Run for your life. What Run did, for your life. Yeah. What no. did What did we talk about on the way in? You know, um, establishing that third list. We've got uh, gotta good. Go. We got to go. Oh, unfortunately, the show has come to an end, and we thank all of you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Hey,